0: This is the Google Teacher Tribe Podcast, episode number 12. Welcome to the Google Teacher Tribe Podcast, your source for the latest news on Google for education, tips, tricks, and teaching ideas you can use in class tomorrow. Here are your hosts, Matt Miller from DitchThatTextbook.com and Casey Bell from ShakeUpLearning.com. Casey, I am exhausted. Ask me why I'm exhausted.
1: Why are you exhausted, Matt?
0: Well, let me tell you, Casey. I just got back from a conference all the way over in, wait for it, Australia you were down under. I was indeed. (laughs) And guess how long it takes to fly from the United States to Australia?
1: It's like forever, right? Exactly forever. (laughs) Yes.
0: Like forever in two minutes. No, it was about 14 hours to fly from Los Angeles to Sydney, Australia. And I went even further than that. I was at the Teach Tech Play conference down there in Melbourne, which was awesome. But oh my goodness, jet lag is a real thing.
1: Oh yeah, totally. So, and it probably took you a good while just to get to Los Angeles too, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. That was another three (laughs) or four hours or something. So, um, if I don't make any sense on this episode, then everybody knows why. So,
1: well, Matt, I have a question though. Yes. What did you bring me?
0: Oh goodness. Um, (laughs) well see, I've got this live koala here. (laughs) I hope you've got a room, got room for it in your house. So, um, so anyway, yeah, aside from that, hopefully we will make sense on today's episode. And Casey, what do we have on the episode today?
1: Well, in episode 12, we have some, wait for it super exciting things to share. Yay. We have our our favorite Chrome extensions that we use for productivity and I I spend a lot of time sharing the gospel that is Google Chrome and how much it makes my life easier. So Matt and I have put together some of our absolute favorite extensions and we're going to share those with you today. We also have some exciting Google News and updates and some really cool audience feedback all the way from Vietnam that we are going to share and not to be forgotten. We also have some fun things to share from our blogs and from our favorite bloggers.
0: Yes, let's get started. So Casey, in our news and update session, we have something that I know lots of teachers and even people outside of education have been waiting for. And that has to do with Google Classroom. So the big news this week or just recently with Google Classroom is that you don't have to be within a Google for Education domain to use Google Classroom anymore. They've just recently opened it up to Gmail. And Casey, this is something that the teachers have been begging for for a long time, right?
1: Yes, this is this is huge. This helps actually what you and I do quite a bit, too, in terms of being able to work with multiple schools in a setting. So I am I'm really happy that they finally decided to open this up.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. So the, the news is that if you have a Gmail account, now you're able to join the Google Classroom, the classes within Google Classroom from the education domains as long as that education domain, when I say education domain, that's like the school district or the school that's using Google Classroom. As long as they have it open for Gmail users to be able to join. Now, I've got a Gmail account, and I just recently signed up to... It asked if we wanted to get like early access to being able to create our own classes using our Gmail accounts. And so I signed up for that recently and have since gotten permission to be able to do that. And so I just recently actually created my own classroom my own google classroom class using my gmail account so i'm starting to see the potential for this i mean i i think it could be huge when it comes to people who provide professional development they also talk about how for homeschools and for teachers that don't have if they're at a school that doesn't have you know g suite for education i mean the list kind of goes on and on
1: Absolutely. This this really opens it up for professional development and you and I offering this hands on inside of workshops. You know, before we've sort of had some workarounds, we create some dummy accounts in our domains, then we have to hand those out and people have to sign in with some some different user login and password. But now to bring it all together into one place, I think is very, very powerful I do want to mention that there are a few caveats to how this may be working for you. First okay. of all, I want to tell you because Matt, you you were able to create a class and added me with my personal account. I joined your class. Right. But when um, I went to join, it said coming soon. So if you log into Google Classroom, classroom.google.com, click on the plus sign, you should see the option to join a class or create a class. But what happens for me right now is I see the option to create a class. And when I click on it, it tells me it's coming soon. And then that is where I believe you clicked on the let us know so you could fill out that form to get that yeah. early access. Correct. Okay. Right. Okay. Yes, so exactly. so it just in case you're seeing what I'm seeing, I want you to know um Matt Matt was early. Matt was early and, and and requested that. So um the other thing I wanna mention is about how it works with your domain. So your school can still restrict this. So there are a few different ways they can set up who can join the classes within your domain. So they can restrict it to just within your domain. You can also whitelist domains, which was sort of the, the step we had before this. We could whitelist so we could use Google Classroom with other classes that had G Suite for Education. And then they can also make it open to any G Suite user or any user meaning that would open it up to anyone with a personal Google account. So, just keep in mind that this is also still controlled at the the domain panel level for your G Suite account.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, this is again one of those things that I think um you know, lots of educators in a variety of walks of of education I've really been looking forward to. So we'll definitely keep you updated with this and any other ways that we find to use it. So, Casey, you've got a couple of other quick things to add, right?
1: I do. So we had our Doodle for Google winner recently was announced. I don't know how many of you caught it, but we have the the picture actually in the show notes. So you can see the Doodle itself there and, and check that out. And it's it's a really interesting Doodle by Sarah Harrison, who's from Connecticut, and she sees a peaceful future in the years ahead. And so she put together this group of people from different backgrounds coming together into what she calls one harmonious community. And she explains her art as. My future is a world where we can all learn to love each other despite our religion, gender, race, ethnicity, or sexuality. So um, I dream of a future where everyone is safe and accepted wherever they go and whoever they are. So I thought that was a, a pretty poetic image that she put together there.
0: Yeah, and the the picture that she drew, I think that that really encapsulates that whole idea. It's It's really cool. So yeah, kudos to her.
1: Yes, she is obviously very, very artistically talented as well. So the the other thing that I wanted to share is an interesting article from the Google blog. And it's a it's about how students in Israel are using the Google Translate app to learn English and, you know. Matt and I both are big fans of the Google Translate app. I know Matt's talked about it and blogged about it quite a bit, but there there's a great little article just showing off what you can do and how they are using it there in a pilot program. So I just think that that's a, a wonderful use and to know that it, it's making that kind of impact all over the world. Yeah.
0: And, you know, being a foreign language teacher, I used to battle against kids trying to do their work with Google Translate. But I think that as it gets better and better, it's something that we have to that we have to really respect and, and realize that it's out there. And in this case, it's it's really making an impact on on kids trying to learn a language instead of just trying to avoid their foreign language assignments.
1: <laughs> right. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Matt, I am a self-proclaimed chrome addict. I believe that. Yes, (laughs) yes,
0: I am, but probably not quite as much as you.
1: I have an entire presentation called Confessions of a Chrome Addict. That's how much I love Google Chrome. And it's my mission to make sure that the rest of the world stops using Internet Explorer. Yes, I said it. Um, Sorry. Preach it. (laughs) But I do have some favorites. And so just trying to come down to three or four favorites to share in this episode was quite a challenge. So I'm sticking to the ones that I use the most. And i I feel like a lot of you probably know these but for those of you who haven't heard of these these are are just game changers in terms of being productive and what you do on the web so the first chrome extension I want to share. I'm going to cheat. I'm going to share two because these two go together and they are tab scissors and tab glue. And they are phenomenal when you are working and you need two screens side by side. In fact, I am using it right now. So on one side of the screen, I have our show notes. On the other side of the screen, I have our recording that we are doing for this podcast. So I can see exactly what's going on. And many of us need to see things side by side. Maybe we are grading some digital student work and we need to see our grade book on the on the other side. So tab scissors will do the cutting for you and tab glue will bring them all back together. So all you have to do is when you have your your two tabs, make sure that they are are next to each other. So you can click and drag to move those around. Click on the the second tab. of of the two that you wanna separate and then hit the scissors in your Chrome extension there and it will magically and evenly separate your screen into those two side-by-side windows. So you don't have to click and drag and resize and all of that. And then guess what you use when you wanna put it back together? You click on tab glue, and it will magically glue all of your tabs back together. So I use this all the time, especially if I'm putting information into a spreadsheet or going back and forth between two different websites. I bet uh, Matt, this one's probably on your on your list too, isn't it?
0: You know, I have heard a lot about this, but I haven't really played with it before. <gasps> so, Gasp. I know, I know, I am. <laughs> That's such a Disappointment. So I'm actually playing with it right now, and oh my goodness, that's amazing! It just like split them into two, and okay, I'm I'm converted. That's all it took, <laughs> right there. There you go. My life is just now changed. I love it. Sam, so,
1: he's super yeah. excited. <laughs> yeah,
0: I am. I am. How'd you guess? So, yeah. Okay, so there's your first one: tab scissors and tab glue. um We let Casey cheat and do two of them in one because we like her. So. I'm gonna Sometime. go on yeah yeah so I'm gonna go on to my first one and that is awesome screenshot and so here's the deal with awesome screenshot I didn't used to use this Chrome extension I used to use the Snagit Chrome extension which yes. used to be for free and you used to be able to take uh, screenshots with that and do a little bit of annotation and it was really easy and I was so sad whenever Techsmith decided to retire that That particular extension. And so after that happened, there was me and lots of other people in the education community that were scrambling and going, what in the world are we going to do without without Snagit? And so um, Awesome Screenshot has really come to the rescue. Uh, So basically what Awesome Screenshot will let you do is take a picture of what's on your screen. It will let you annotate on it, which means that you can add text, you can scribble, you can draw little squares and ovals and different things like that. And then whenever you're done, you can save it. And you can save it as a picture. You can save it locally to your computer. You can copy it. You can share it on social media. You can even upload it to your Google Drive. And so if you ever need to take pictures of things on your screen, then this is a really easy, free way to do it, to use the awesome screenshot Chrome extension.
1: I think that one's at the top of a lot of lists of being a favorite. So I know that's a great way to take screenshots and to be able to annotate it right there on the spot is is great. I'm yes. going to switch gears a little bit and share actually something that I just recently started using. So I am a productivity junkie. Like I love to read books about productivity and hacking productivity. And I recently just jumped into trying to figure out how to handle my inbox in a better way. And I, I'm still struggling, but I'm getting better, but my inbox is crazy and trying to respond to emails. And i figured out that I, you know, obviously I have to write the same type of emails over and over again. And so I use email templates and things like that. But there's also phrases that I use a lot. And so I have discovered this text expander Chrome extension, which will allow you to create text shortcuts. So for instance, if I need to give someone the link to my website or to the Google Teacher Tribe website, Right. all I have to type in my email is the, the code for that. And I'm using the semicolon a lot because it kind of eliminates some redundancies, but I type semicolon GTT and it magically turns it into the full URL right there inside my email so that I can do that without having to retype everything over and over again. So I have this set up, so I have one for my cell phone number. I have one for my mailing address. I have several different websites that I I send links to a lot. You know, just like the be right back or the have a great day. And um, so you can have different signatures in there and things like that. So it's just a really easy way. Now, one kind of catch with this is it doesn't work in docs, at least not at least not that I have discovered, but if you if you know, like I use like Grammarly and some other extensions, haha, I fit another one in there. Uh, <laughs> but th- those don't work inside docs, but they work inside like Gmail. So this one works inside Gmail and it works in- inside some other applications, but it's still saving me tons of time. And so I'm I'm totally addicted to this right now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And there there used to be a standalone program. I know there's a couple of programs that you can install into your computer that would do this, but if you can just do it in Chrome, I mean, almost everything that I do these days seems like it's done in Chrome. You might as well just have it there. So yeah, that's a a good choice.
1: Yes. So yeah, I love the text expander.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, so I'm going to move on to my next one. And this one has to do with a tool that we just recently had a whole episode on, and that is Google Keep. So Google Keep, if you don't know, and you should know if you've been listening, but if you don't, it's kind of like uh, digital sticky notes that come, that go with you wherever you go with your Google account. And you can write these little sticky notes on an app on your phone or on your computer, and they're all synced to your Google account. And the reason that Chrome extensions play into this is that there is, wait for it, a Google Keep Chrome extension. Yay, what else would you need? And so whenever you install the Google Keep Chrome inst- extension, wonder how many times we're going to mispronounce the word extension today. <laughs> <laughs> and so whenever you install that extension, then whenever you click on the extension button, it will save the link to the website that you're on into a Google Keep Note. So this has been really good for me if I run across a blog post or an article that I want to mention in my own blog posts or whatever. And so what I'll do is, while I've got that up, I just click on my little Google Keep button, and then it opens up in your Chrome browser. It opens up a little bitty... sticky note where you can write some extra text on it but it will automatically copy the url over you can apply a label to it and then whenever you're done then it automatically saves And so that's a really great way to save time if you want to hang on to it's almost kind of like bookmarking those um, sites only it's sticking them into a a google keep note so that one is one that i use all the time
1: yes and that's great for research too oh yeah yeah great little tip there Okay, so my next extension has to do with a bit of a problem that I have. Ah, yes. (laughs) I, not only am I a Chrome addict, I am also a tab hoarder.
0: (laughs) Hello, my name is Casey, and I hoard tabs.
1: (laughs) I do. I don't even want to tell you how many tabs are open right now, but... There are magical Chrome extensions that help me manage my madness. And one of those is called OneTab. And so OneTab, once you install it, it's like this little blue funnel uh, icon in your your extensions there. And what it will do in OneTap is it will magically close all of your tabs and save them in a page so that the next time I open Chrome, the list is there. And if I want to reopen them all, I can. Or if I just want to go through one by one and just open the ones that I need, because I know how much longer it takes my computer when I have to reboot right.
2: <laughs> and it has
1: to reload all 50 of my tabs or whatever else I have running there. So, 50. so <laughs> shh, don't tell anybody. I'm sorry. <laughs> So anyway, yes, it can help me control my madness. So, yes, as I'm working, I have too many tabs open. And if I just quickly need to reboot or I need to save everything in one fell swoop, I just click on one tab. The other thing that's great is you can also share those with other people. So right. um, I can give a link to share a, a list of, of bookmarks to my students or give them a QR code as well. So that's all built in. And it's just one click. It's awesome.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I know I've used one tab before at conferences and even during Twitter chats where if I hear of a good resource in like a keynote speech or while I'm doing a Twitter chat, I just open it up in a tab. And then whenever that chat is done or that keynote is done, then I just use the one tab extension and it pulls them all into one page and I've got that link and then I'm able to share that with other people. So that's almost kind of like an archive of the resources of that Twitter chat or of that keynote, and then it's really easy to share just in that one URL. So good share there, I'm glad you mentioned that one. All right, so I'm gonna move on to a really simple one, and that is Google Docs Quick Create. So I know for the longest time, if I wanted to open up a new Google Doc or a slide presentation or a Google Drawing, what I would do is I would go to Drive, drive.google.com, I would click on the new button, and then I would choose the kind of file. And after loading time and clicking and everything, it would probably take me 10 seconds. But there's a way to shave a bunch of those seconds off. And if you're starting to think, well, is seven seconds really worth shaving off? If you do this a lot, it adds up. And so that's what's really great about this, um, this quick create Chrome extension. And so what Quick Create will do, it's it's really basic. It gives you a little icon up in your extensions. And if you click on it, it gives you the option to create a new doc, slide presentation, a Google drawing, a form, or a sheet. And if you click on it, it just pops a brand new one up. So it'll it'll save you time and get you to work that much faster.
1: That's that's a great one and that one's great for kids too to use in the classroom and get oh yeah get going quickly so yes. my last ex- my last extension is probably my favorite because um I I guess this is a session or a, I'm sorry an episode full of confessions mm-hmm. so what one more confession it's a confession session <laughs> It's a confession session. Yeah, I have too many extensions. But in my defense, I train on Chrome extensions very often. So I have a million extensions connected to my account. Well, guess what? If I was running all of those at once, Chrome would just completely crash on me. It just mm-hmm. eventually would would putter out. So I use an extension called Extensity and... With one little tap, I can easily turn on or turn off any extension that I want to use. So when I'm training, I use this, and I'm training on certain set of Chrome extensions. I'll just go enable them, and because they're not necessarily ones that I use every day, when I'm done, I'll just go disable them from there. So I can still have all of these at my disposal when I need to demo or work through something, but I can easily manage these so that I don't (laughs) destroy my productivity in Chrome.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. I think I learned about this one from you and I do the exact same thing. Uh, Part of it is that I don't like to have 40 million icons up at the top of my Google Chrome browser. And so I can kind of pick and choose what I'm going to be using that day, turn things off, turn things on. So that's a really good one.
1: Yeah, you don't want to see what my screen looks like right now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's okay. Thankfully, this is an audio podcast and not a video one.
1: With the so. tabs and the extensions. Okay. I've yeah. revealed too much. It's time to move on.
0: There you go. Confessions of Casey Bell, part one. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to give you my last one. And it has. it's an extension that's tied to a site or a digital tool that I use a lot. And it's called Buffer. And so if you use... If you use social media like I do, I'm on Twitter all the time and Facebook and so on and so forth. And if you want to be able to make your life a little bit easier by sharing sharing posts in a little bit better way, then Buffer really helps. And here's what Buffer does. If you've ever gone on Twitter and you've seen you know, maybe four or five or six uh, different resources that you wanted to share with people and you're going, oh, I ought to retweet that. Oh, I ought to retweet that. Oh, I ought to retweet this too. And you see all these different things. Sometimes you can kind of overwhelm the people that follow you if you retweet 14 different things all at once. So if you want to space them out a little bit, Buffer does a really good job of this. So what you do with Buffer is once you install the extension, you click on the extension and you find the resource that you want to share and you stick it in your Buffer. And when you do that, Buffer will basically share that sporadically throughout the day. And you kind of preset how often and when you want it to share. So I have a preset to to do maybe six tweets a day and I have them spread out throughout the day. So once I add it to my buffer, it'll share it at the next prescribed time so that if I decide I want to share six different things instead of sharing them all right now, buffer will spread them out for me all at once. And so if we're talking about productivity and if you use social media, this is definitely one that you got to check out.
1: And no worries. We have the links to every single extension that we have mentioned, as well as other Chrome resources for you in our show notes at GoogleTeacherTribe.com slash 12. So
0: in today's Google Teacher Tribe mailbag, we've got two things to share with you. And the first one, really quick, comes from someone whose question we just answered recently. And this one just made me laugh, so I thought we had to put it on. And so not too long ago, we had an educator named Lynn Legg, and she wanted to know about cleaning up her Google Classroom or her Google Drive at the end of the year. So we gave her some ideas. And she just recently sent us a message back, and she said, thank you for answering my question on air. I was so excited in my car I almost screamed. And so I'm wondering if we're, if we're mentioning you on air again, does that mean that you're actually going to scream? Lynn, I think you need to send us an email and let us know. And then we may say your name on air again, and it'll just be a vicious cycle. So anyway, she says, I appreciate your advice and we'll follow it at the end of the year to clean things up. Thank you for what you're doing for teachers and advancing their understanding of Google applications. And thank you, Lynn, for your question and for
1: listening. Thanks, Lynn.
0: And so our question for today comes from Alexis Snyder. Alexis is a fourth grade teacher at Concordia International School all the way over in Hanoi, Vietnam. And so she has a, a little quick comment to give us and then a question. So let's listen to Alexis.
2: Hi, Casey and Matt. My name is Alexis Snyder, and I teach fourth grade at Concordia International School in Hanoi, Vietnam. I just wanted to say that I'm really enjoying the podcast and I think it's full of uh, practical advice and tips. So thank you for that. And I have two things to share with you today. The first one is a thank you. Um, I used the audio workaround for Google Slides that Casey had mentioned in a previous podcast and uh, it worked really well. My students were creating digital poetry books and they had created music files to add to each of their of their slides and with that workaround we were able to add the music uh, seamlessly. So thank you for that. And my, my question is about Google Classroom. I'm wondering if there's a way to see the student view without adding myself as a student to the class. Sometimes when I'm putting up my directions for an assignment in classroom, what I'm seeing on my screen as I'm creating the assignment isn't exactly the same as what the kids see when they go to access that assignment. Um, Way back in the old days, I used to use Moodle, and I remember Moodle had a a teacher view and a student view so that you could see everything. And I'm just wondering if uh, there's anything that's similar with Google Classroom. So thanks very much.
0: All right. So, Alexis, this makes us happy on two different levels. Number one, taking something directly from the episode and applying it over into class. We're we're excited to hear that we were able to, to help you with a solution to that problem. And secondly, this is a really good question. And Casey, this is something that you and I both hear about a lot, isn't it?
1: It is. This is a question that I get a lot during Google Classroom training. And unfortunately, there's not a little button that lets us just flip over and see the student view. So one recommendation I think that we both give is to invite another teacher in as a student. So, you know, even if it's just someone on your department, your team, maybe the teacher next door, you can help each other out just by being students. So you can kind of get used to seeing that view. The other thing is a lot of people, including myself, will create sort of dummy student accounts. Now, that only works if you have access or if your school will give you something like that. So that's that's sort of a special case. Now, the third option I am happy about is the possibility of using this new connection and openness we have in Google Classroom to actually create a student account with Personal account. So you could actually add yourself into your classroom as a student and you could flip back and forth with your Chrome profiles and and see that student view. Now, of course, that depends on the domain setting. So if your school isn't allowing you to share classes outside the domain, that won't work. But if they are opening it up to those personal accounts, you could use your personal Gmail account uh, to be the student inside your G Suite domain account. Uh, So I'm, I'm hoping that that will help some teachers.
0: Yeah. And, you know, of course, whenever you're in Google Classroom, you have that little question mark inside of a circle, that little button down in the corner where you can request features. And the Google Classroom team is constantly telling people that's how they find out where to add their new features. So if that's a feature that you're interested in, then you can definitely go and add that. So thank you, Alexis, for your question this week. The Google Teacher Tribe Podcast is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. The Education Podcast Network. Podcasts for educators, podcasts by educators. For more great education podcasts, go to edupodcastnetwork.com. So for our on the blog section today... Instead of talking about a written blog, I wanted to talk about a podcast really quick. I've got a good friend and fellow educator named Jason Bodner who has this great podcast called Principally Speaking. And so Jason is constantly talking to leaders in education about educational leadership, which when I first started listening to his podcast, I thought, well, maybe this is just for principals. But I've found so many applications for myself as someone who I feel, you know, I feel a little bit like an an educational leader. And I think a lot of us are probably if you're listening to this and you're wanting to do what's best for your students, a lot of times you feel yourself as an educational leader, too. And so he's had some really great guests on Like a recent guest is Danny Steele, who's the 2016 Alabama Secondary Principal of the Year. I know he's got the 2017 Digital Principal of the Year coming up soon, David Guerin. And there's also another familiar name that I think will be coming on the show soon. Casey, does that sound familiar to you?
1: Yes, I believe that would be me.
0: Yeah, that's right. Jason has talked to Casey about being on the show. Of course, this is going to make me look like a fool if that doesn't happen. But of course, it's going to happen. So we'll be good. So um, anyway, that's a really good one to check out. So you might want to go to our show notes, googleteachertribe.com slash 12 for a link over to Jason's podcast.
1: I have a very special announcement and blog post that I would love to share with the Google Teacher Tribe. And if any of you have ever considered becoming a Google certified trainer, I would highly recommend it. I am a Google certified trainer. I have been a trainer now for a few years. I'm also a Google certified innovator, but becoming a Google certified trainer was a game changer for my career and for my learning. And I cannot tell you enough about how much the program has changed how I learn, what I do, my skill set, and really just upped my resume and upped my game, to be honest. So summer is approaching very quickly. And this is the time of year for you to start thinking about some summer professional learning. I have a special online course that I'm offering to help you become a Google certified trainer. So if you would like to travel and help other teachers and learn how to use G Suite in new ways in their classroom, do you want to get your foot in the door as a consultant, a trainer or present at national conferences? Maybe you just want to make a little extra cash doing some summer training. This is the e-course that will walk you through the entire Process. Now, becoming a Google certified trainer, like I said, this was one of the best decisions that I ever made. And this self paced online course includes everything you need to know to pass the trainer skills assessment and complete the application requirements, including over 30 video lessons plus an archive of. All kinds of G Suite tips and tricks. I have a private Google Plus community where you can share your journey, ask questions, reflect, connect with other people who are on the same journey with you. It also includes the ultimate Google Certified Trainer Planner and Checklist. So this is a guide to help you plan to get this done, right? We all know planning is the key to making our goals happen. So um, there is also a very, very special window I want to tell you about. So there are two versions of this course. There's the standard course and there is the VIP course. The VIP course only opens three times a year and it opens on April 11th of 2017. So it, the VIP course includes three special VIP lessons that are designed for those of you who want to become professional consultants and trainers. So this is loaded with tips and tricks that I have learned along the way. I've got advice from other trainers and some other special information to share with you in the VIP bonuses. So if you're interested in that, please go to becomeagoogletrainer.com to learn more. There are three videos on this page. I highly recommend that you watch all of the videos. Read the FAQ down at the bottom of the page before you decide to purchase. I just want to be clear. This course is not to prepare you for any other certification. This does not include preparation for Google Certified Educator Level Level 1 and 2. Okay, so even though you have to have those before you apply. I'm working on those, so stay tuned. There'll be more information on some online courses to support the Google Certified Educator Level 1 and Level 2. I also have tons of free resources that you can find on my blog, and those three videos on that page are loaded with all kinds of information that will help you. It is completely free. To access those, I only want you to enroll in this course if you think it is right for you. So again, it will open on April 11th and close at midnight Central Standard Time on May 21st. Okay. So you'll, you may hear me mention this again in a couple of other podcasts, but if you want those VIP bonuses, you will have to act quickly. So that is a very limited course. So I hope everybody will take a look at this. And if you haven't considered any Google certifications, please take a look at these resources in the show notes, which you can find at googleteachertribe.com slash 12. Well, that wraps up Episode 12 of the Google Teacher Tribe Podcast. We are so happy that you joined us today. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, whatever you are learning, we are so glad that you chose to learn with us today. We appreciate the tribe that is growing and sharing. Please continue to share your feedback with us. And we hope you learn some new Chrome extensions today.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There were lots of lots of different options there. I know I learned about a couple of new ones myself.
1: Yes, always fun to learn. Chrome is one of my favorites. So thank you guys for joining us. We will catch you next time.
0: All right, see you later. Bye, y'all.